Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith, and it's Thursday night, which means I'm joined by Gibbo and Supermac. Good evening, lads. Hi, boys. Steve. Hiya, John. Hi, mate. Good to see you. And England go marching on, John. Uh, uh, Did you? The group, top of the group, nine goals scored, and uh, beaten Wales three goals to nil uh, into the next round, and Senegal on Sunday evening. What did you make of the Welsh game, mate? Well, I think... Uh... I mean, let's be brutally truthful. The nine goals they scored, terrific. But, I mean, Senegal is going to be a lot better than Wales or Iran. Um, that's for certain. Senegal, I don't know if you saw the match, guys, but they looked mm. what they are, which is a good team, even without Mane, Sadio Mane. They looked, yeah. a, they looked an athletic side, which African champions would be. They were very athletic. They... Mm. they they were brave. I thought they were brave in, in the way they attacked. Not playing down England at all. You can only beat what's in front of you and they beat Wales comfortably. I mean, the sadness I find is that once great players like Bale and Ramsey, I hate seeing the Michelle of themselves and they are a shadow of the players they were. That's right. And they're all supported, John. Sorry? They're all supported in that side. Oh, no question. In, in all honesty, I, I felt that other than Qatar, Wales were the worst side in the whole competition. Yes, I think that's absolutely fair comment, Malcolm. Absolutely mm. fair comment. Um, therefore, I'm not getting too carried away by our results. I'm, I'm not yeah. all pleased. Of course I am, because internationally, England's my side. Newcastle's my number one side, England's my number two side. Yeah. Uh, but I think the test really starts now. Senegal is the test. Yes. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I think they're a very good footballing side and certainly very well organised. Yes. And what we must not forget, because um, <clears throat> we can see what's going on, but we can't feel it. And the temperature is going to be sky high. It's going to suit Senegal um, because they they're all from a, a, a very hot country. Yeah. And and it and this kind of these kind of temperatures they don't suit northern Europeans. The the interesting thing as well, guys, is that it's a tournament of surprises. Not only did we see Argentina lose and Germany lose, mm -hmm. but this afternoon, Belgium's gone out. Yes. Belgium's failed to qualify. Well, they've had a nightmare, stop. haven't they, Belgium? Oh, the, golden, the golden generation, and we knew all about that with England when we had Gerard and Lampard in the golden mm -hmm. generation. They won nothing. Their golden generations aged together. When I had a look at the team, I was amazed how many of the the Belgium starting lineup are over thirty, and some of them are thirty five. Yes. Um, they're an old group, and while we retain the fact that big names, when you get older, it's like we talked about Bale and, and Ramsey. When you get older and you've had injuries, you're not quite the player you were, and it's mm. caught up with Belgium. It's caught up with Belgium big time. Yes. 
Yeah, interesting though, lads. We're through, and I've got to be honest. I've mentioned this on the other shows. It's it's a little bit, you know, it shows the fickleness of football fans, doesn't it? We beat Iran six two. We're going to win the World Cup, John. Uh, <laughs> we we draw nil nil against the USA, and it's all doom and gloom and Southgate out. And then we beat Wales, who are probably the the, the only team worse than them are Qatar in the World Cup by three goals to nil and suddenly the chance of that gold trophy returning to these shores is back on. I mean, that's the fickleness of football fans. What what happens in the Senegal game, who knows? And it's just it just it just sums up football fans in a nutshell, John. It does, mate. And and it sums up what happens with England. And I always remember the sun because a couple of my guy, my friends working for the sun, etc. In the old days when I was travelling the World Cup finals in the build-up before we travelled, the sun had the Union Jacks out. They had them in the cars. They had them in the windows. We were going to march on Poland. Everything was going where this, where that, where the other. And then when we lose and go out, the inquest was, is this an absolute disgrace? Sack the manager. The players are all overrated and overpaid and over there, etc., etc. And the difference was always ginormous and you know and i don't know whether that's sparked off by rampant patriotism or whether it's sparked off by 1966 so we must be expected to do well automatically because we invented the game um but yes and it's yeah absolutely right the three games have demonstrated that six in my first game and is this the start of a new dawn? Are we about to win the trophy? Give Gareth Southgate a knighthood. Not not with the States. Back down to earth. We're an absolute disgrace. Does, knight, does Southgate know what he's doing? Is he a belt and braces manager? And then all of a sudden he's a genius because we beat the blind school three now. Um, so it just goes some, 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 some. Yeah. Uh, a lot more than it does it club level because i always feel at club level with newcastle united we're ramping supporters even when we're getting stuffed every week during the ashley era we were still ramping supporters weren't we whereas with england they're either genius or they're a disgrace where with the newcastle fans it was oh well we're poor but we don't care it's newcastle united we're loyal with england it's slightly different isn't it the attitude of fans is different mm. Attitudes is different, and it's probably because it's in just a confined space, Malcolm, isn't it? It just happened, you know. It doesn't. Yeah, it's not like a season where we we have the ups and downs throughout a season. It's you know, it's tournament football. Uh, yes, it is, um, but it's like having eleven stadia, eleven or twelve stadia in um, in the same city. <laughs> you know, when when you think that uh, the, the the current president of, of FIFA. He is actually attending every game. He might not be there for the whole 90 minutes, but uh, he can sort of get from one ground to another. In uh, uh, I think that his quickest time has been 11 minutes, but he can actually see every single game um, uh, going by car. Yeah. It's, it's all that tight. So, <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I do feel that it's yeah, it, it's more like playing in just a, a, a single city rather than it being spread out throughout one country. Yeah. 
It, that's absolutely right. I mean, we could be sitting here tonight and be Belgium. I mean, what do they feel about Morocco's top? Morocco's top their group in Belgium haven't qualified. Mm. Uh, now, what that would feel in Belgium, because presumably they've been bulled up like that. They are going to be the New England, aren't they? They they have they had their golden generation, which is just coming to an end now. But they've won nothing in that golden generation. They didn't win the Euros as as well as the World Cup. You know, the great generation that they had of all the, the great players. And De Bruyne took some vicious stick recently because just a, a match now, match, two matches ago, a week and a half ago, he said the the team's too old to win the World Cup. And some of his own players slated him for saying that. Well, he's, it's just been proved that Both, because yeah. he could only draw this afternoon and they haven't qualified. Never mind yeah. win the World Cup. Yeah, In, instead of criticising him, they should have taken it. He did it as a warning. Totally. Totally, um, because he knows what he's talking about as well, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. You know, and by the way, if, if your club side happens to be Man City, who are doing pretty good, you're going to be a bit sick. It's your national What's side the if they're not doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, Callum Wilson featured, John. How do you think he did? Well, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm delighted for the two Newcastle guys that have been featured. I mean, Trippier's played in every game. I think he started two when he went on a sub the other night. Uh, Wilson's got on two out of three. That's fabulous. How long ago were we saying, I'm talking about a few weeks, or he's, he'd probably not be, when he wasn't fit for us, he's got no chance of going to the World Cup because he's not fit for us. Then he's come back for us and scored six goals an X number of times now. And he's got in the England side... And you know what? Watching him in the England side proves, forget about he hasn't scored, he hasn't been on long enough to score and he could have scored in the first time he'd come on when he squared, squared the ball for Grealish. But for me, he looks comfortable in that in that scenario, doesn't he? He yes, doesn't he does. look out of place. He yeah. looks the same as the rest of the team, i.e. an international player. Yeah, and, and the person that I think... Um, it isn't having a good competition at all and and is really not getting into the games whatsoever. Uh, it, 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 uh, um, it's Harry Kane. It, it's Kane. Yes. Yeah, yes. that, um, that I, I really do feel that Wilson deserves a start. Well, and, it, it's quite... If he gets it Sunday, great. What would have been what? I mean, I don't think he will get it Sunday. I'm not meaning that he doesn't deserve to because he does. But you can argue Pope to be in goal, but he's not. I don't think Southgate was ever not going to go with Pickford because he's it's yeah his man. And equally, I don't think he's not going to go with his skipper. But who would have thought that Harry Kane would play three group games for England and and not score? And not score absolutely. And he doesn't look as if he's. Gonna get on never looked like scoring, Malcolm. Never looked like scoring. No, no, not at all. Um, and and I, and I just think on those three showings that that uh, Southgate really should be looking at bringing somebody else in, um, just to to give them a a, 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 a real start uh, and and to let them get that feel because it's the conditions are so different over there. Um, and they and and if Harry Kane isn't going to be firing 
then uh, then I, I don't see a value to him being on the pitch. I think the I, I think the missed opportunity model for me was not starting Wilson in a group game. Yes, I you know John, now it's and, knockout. And, and the ideal one would have been the the, the middle game starting Absolutely. against the states. Correct. Absolutely because, right. Yeah, because... That was a missed opportunity, Malcolm, yeah. because now we'll be scared to do it because if he doesn't start Kane against Senegal and will go out, yeah. Southgate will be murdered. Southgate yes. will be murdered. Yes. The chance yeah, to start... The chance to start Wilson was in one of those three games. And yeah. It, I, it if I... It, it, and I'm not saying this in hindsight. I was saying it... Um, before the tournament even started, that I really think that Southgate should have had two separate sides all set up and play one side in the first game, the other side in the second game, so that you're giving a full week's rest to the people who have played in the first game. And and so it gives them plenty of time to recover and uh, and I just think he's he's missed a trick there, and that uh, players could seriously start to tire of um, playing constantly. It's all it's it's about two games a week that yep. they're having and, to play. I'm just pleased, Malcolm, that after a three year hiatus for Callum Wilson, where he didn't get a cap at all, mm-hmm. and that was purely down to injury, but a three year hiatus, he's come back. And already he's got two additional caps, albeit his sub, albeit that he didn't start, but he's got two more caps. That's good. Yes. That's good for Callum Wilson, and it's deserved. And it he looks fit, and as long as he's still fit when he comes back here, we'll be quite happy because he, he will feel well, terrific I, to But play. apart from that, John, I really do feel that he can offer the side more than Kane is offering at the moment. But he'll not be given the chance, knowing... I mean, I think Southgate is a belt and braces manager. It takes mm. a stick of dynamite from the change in opinion. Yeah. Um, he's a belt and braces. I mean, you know, Pickford stays in goal regardless of what Pope does. Harry Kane yes. plays centre forward regardless of what Wilson or anybody else does. He stays loyal to certain certain players, not all of them. Um, and it's going to be very, very difficult to, to change that because he's not going to be a chancer. I mean, I always felt, guys, you know, people like Kevin Keegan were a chancer. And I mean that as a compliment, not an insult, mm. but Kevin Keegan would gamble. He'd say, yes. right, we're playing somebody. It might turn out to be a 4-3 defeat instead of a 4-3 win because of the gamble, but he would be willing to gamble. Um, I don't think that Gareth's nature is to gamble. No, I think Gareth's nature is to put, to put a pair of braces on and say, then say, where's my belt? Mm. You know, to make sure mm. my trousers yeah. don't fall down. Sure. The one thing I would um, hope that he does is stick with Foden. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a great game. Yeah, he was outstanding. I mean, there was a big clamour for him to play by the media, Mm. but like you, Malcolm, when you Mm. were playing, but um, but but also by the supporters, and he didn't let us down. He was superb. I mean, the interesting. And he's a clever player, is Foden. 
they, they oh wonderfully so, Malcolm. The interesting thing now we'll come to the knockout stage, which concentrates the mind of the manager because get one thing wrong and you haven't got time to recover. You know, sure, and the players as well. Everybody gets focused. If you get it wrong against if you get it wrong against the USA, you've got Wales to recover. You get it mm. wrong against Senegal, you go out. And the interesting thing was saying will he stick and he ought to stick with Foden, that's absolutely totally true. But how does he not stick with Rashford as well on the other side? Yes. But he scored yes. twice. Yeah, you know, good so for Rashford. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought he did ever so well. Yes. Uh, I really did. Mm. It's difficult not to stick with them two as your two wide players. And isn't it interesting that one of the, you know, I was talking there about the players Southgate rates and doesn't want to drop under any circumstances. And prior to this World Cup, one of them was Raheem Sterling. Now, he, I cannot see him getting back in the lineup at the moment. No, I can't. No. Uh, no. It, it, would, it would have to be an injury or some serious loss of form. This, season, this season's gone downhill for him, Malcolm, because, yeah. he, you know, he was winning things at Man City. He suddenly goes to Chelsea. It all goes tits up there with Tuchel gets a sack, etc., etc. It yeah. hasn't gone well at Chelsea for him, and now it's not going well with England for him. It's amazing how somebody's somebody's career, it's always been on the up and up. It was on the up at Liverpool, and then it went further up at Man City. All of a sudden this season with Chelsea in the World Cup, it's not so much on the up and up at all. It's a different mm. season for him, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I'm, uh, I, I, when, when, when you saw him with, with Manchester City, he just slotted in so nicely into the way that Pep Guardiola had them playing. But I think he's, I think he's searching for that slot at, still at Chelsea. He hasn't found the niche that he needs. Yeah. And the funny thing is, Malcolm, although he got a lot of goals at City... And I'm thinking one particular season was especially so. I don't think he's a natural finisher. He just he got so many chances at City. He's, mm. I mean, he, he can finish. I'm not being daft. But he's not the ruthless natural finisher that, say, Mark McDonald was, Alan Shearer was, not just because they were centre-forwards. Mo Salah, the plays out wide, is a natural finisher. Mm. Sterling hasn't got, you can always see, and if Sterling isn't scoring, you think, oh, what quite is he doing? And he's got to, right at this moment, be behind Foden and Rashford, in, as we look at the Senegal team, mustn't he? Yes, yeah, I agree. Totally agree on that. Yeah, really do. And <clears throat> question, for, question for both of you guys here. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think of less yellow cards rule in the World Cup, which Poland went through on last night? No, I, I, I think it's, it, it, it's somewhat silly and even churlish. Uh, I, why not have um, reward for, for, for attacking? So, um, so whoever gets the most corners goes through. You know, or whoever hits the woodwork the most times, you know, can, something of an attacking nature. Yellow cards is is negative. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, guys? The fewer there would be 
in this country, if England went out in the World Cup from a group stage yeah. on yellow cards. Absolutely. John, I mean, I, it, it, there will be a, a, a real furor. Oh, Senegal, Malcolm, who were playing next, as we know, four years ago in Russia, went out on yellow cards. The team that went through had four yellow cards and Senegal had six. So Senegal went out of the World Cup because mm. of the yellow cards rule. So, you know, that brings it home to us because we're just about to play Senegal as Poland. It is a nonsense that, you know, the fair play, that is an absolute nonsense rule. Um, surely, as you said, there's there's something better yes. than, than that or more offensive mm. than that. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, uh, yes, where God's... Red cards, you could say, and it's not red cards because there's not enough red cards to, to differentiate between sure. sides. But you could at least say that's bad news. If you get sent off, that's serious foul yeah. play. But some of the yellow cards, tugging a shirt, should you have it, etc., etc., it is absolutely crazy. Sure. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, you go for... Uh, uh, if, the goal, if the goals are all square um, and the points are two, then go for on the similar vein and so uh, which sides hit the woodwork the most which sides had the uh, got the most corners <laughs> even count the shots who's had the more shots shots on target yeah. Like. yeah shots on target yes mm -hmm. um and 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 you can differentiate that way yellow cards is very very negative and uh, but then isn't that fifa yeah, they, they work in a negative fashion. Yeah, yeah, they do, 100%. Question for Malcolm and Gibbard. Do you think a combined 50 million for Peroni and Santos would be good business? Have you, have you had time to look into those players, John? Well, that's that's the first thing I'm thinking. Oh, dear, have I seen enough of these to, ha to have a, an opinion on it? Um, I've got to say, at the moment, and I don't know when I last felt like this, Steve, but at the moment... I'm in a situation, and I haven't been, I can't remember the last time, where I'm happy enough to go with what Newcastle United do, you know, because I yeah. think they get their research right at the moment. If you look at the signings we've made, they plucked Bruno from French, the French League. Everybody had the chance to take Bruno and didn't. Everybody had the chance to bring Trippier back from La Liga because he wanted to come back to this country. But we are the ones that said, boom, let's go. We are the ones that stayed persistent on Botman when we didn't get him the first transfer window round. Yes. We went and got him the second. And all those deals have turned out to be excellent. Mm. I don't want to mention, and I certainly don't want to get into it, but the only one that didn't in the lower would be Chris Wood, you would say 25 million. Who said that? Yes, I accept that. But as, <clears> as um, the, the manager of Liverpool uh, said to me, the, the Paisley, Bob Paisley, you never get every transfer right. The, the secret is to get most of them right. And then the yeah. ones you don't get right, you don't dwell on, you get them out the team and out the club as quickly mm. as possible. You don't yeah, try move to them on. Either. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, off the top of my head, I don't know what it is, but if we've bought eight or nine players and we've got one that hasn't matched up particularly and the other, the others have, 
that's a heck of an average, you know. Yeah. You're, do, you're doing yes. your work right. You're doing your... And it's a long time, Malcolm, since I've been able to say that about Newcastle United. <laughs> I mean, a, about goes? 15 or 16 years. Yes, it is. It is. How long ago is it? Yeah. Since we sat and thought, hey, we'll back Newcastle in the transfer market because they're getting it right. How long ago is it since we felt like that? And I genuinely do now. I genuinely feel if I go for somebody that I haven't quite heard of, or I have heard of, of course, but I haven't studied closely, I've got a feeling, yes, Newcastle have, and he'll do it. I mean, two of the greatest successes. Who went in for Trippier? He was available. Mm. We went in for Trippier. And who went for Bruno? And what a success he's been, by the way. And he yes. was out there for everybody to get. He was in France doing his bit for everybody to get. And, yeah. and, and they didn't. And that's why as well, I look at Isaac and think, he'll do for me. Not only because we did our homework and our laws, our percentages are high, but because I saw him at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And at Liverpool, yes. he looked the proper player, mate. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And and uh, um, he needs uh, Callum Wilson in the side, so that because Callum Wilson is comfortable playing with his back to goal, where whereas Isaac he wants to be facing goal all the time, and he'll come from deeper, and so he'll almost be playing like a, a sort of advanced midfield player when Wilson's in the side. And uh, oh dear me, uh, it, it, it'll be danger after danger. That, that's uh, and by the, and by the way, guys, if, if we do buy a wrong and Eddie Howell sprinkle some magic on him and turn him into somebody wonderful, have a look at Joe Lynn, have a look at Al and don't worry about it. If we well, get it wrong, he'll get the magic dust out, spread it on them, and they'll, they'll become players. At the moment, I'm feeling I can walk on water across the time and I won't get my feet wet. But I don't know how long that's going to last, but that's how I feel right now. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay, uh, we're halfway through the show. Time for an ad break. A big thanks to all of our sponsors, starting off with Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. The website is www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD hemp and cannabinoid specialists. Find them at the gohd.com. Thanks also to Three Properties, and they specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give them a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at threeproperty.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Big thanks also to Mr. Vicky's uh, Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvicky's.co.uk or order some of the sources by calling 01768 210102 or emailing info at mrvicky's.co.uk. Thanks also to Blowhole Brewery and uh, their cans uh, are vast 
and uh, in the shape of the old uh, Newcastle United strips from the 1990s. Bonnie Blonde, Geordie Juice and uh, Fog of the Time. Uh, some great uh, beers. Get yourself to blowholebrewery.co.uk to order your cans in for the festive period. Thanks to Media Arts uh, for all the help with the video side of things. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Wallsend, Newcastle. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button on the bottom right-hand corner. Hit the like button and click share. Please join the channel as well to support us. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. If you want to join the channel, you can use this QR code or just go to nufcmatters.com and look for membership pack. If you join in that particular way, you get a scarf, a cup, a pen, and a membership card and entry into the monthly draw. We also give you a free car sticker. All you need to do is subscribe to the show and then email john at nufcmatters.com to claim it. We also support the food bank on this channel, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. Go to that website and make a virtual donation today. A couple of events coming up. Paul Gascoigne is at the Fed on the 4th of December. Contact the Fed in Dunstan and Gateshead for more information. And Peter Beardsley, 20 tickets left for this. Is at St Dom's Catholic Club in Newcastle on the 10th of February next year. Uh, contact St Dom's. Uh, via their contact details on their website or on Twitter. If you're looking for a Christmas present for uh, a Newcastle fan, you can go to badboysbooks.net. You could order a copy of Enemy from the Bender Squad to the Gremlins or the last remaining copies of Black or White, No Grey Areas by Lee Clark and Will Scott. If you're looking for a Christmas jumper for your night out, go to nufcmatters.com and get your Bruno jumper today. And John from QTech has been a busy boy. He sorted some hats out uh, for Christmas. So if you want one, uh, they're available on the website, uh, as well as your John Gibson T-shirt, uh, which, uh, if you remember, he said he's he's, he's cancelled dying. Uh, John gave it a bit of a plug in the Chronicle this week. So uh, get your John Gibson T-shirts today. And the Super Mac T-shirt is up there as well. Uh, if you can get a, if you can get on, you're looking for a gift for somebody. Uh, get yourself on to nufcmatters.com, and uh, the rest is easy. Okay, plenty of questions coming in, chaps. So we'll uh, we'll keep the viewers happy. Lee G says, question for Malcolm: Was there ever a goalkeeper you feared taking a penalty against Mal? No, uh, no, not really. <laughs> I knew not you were really. going to say that. So <laughs> 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 <Nor> did I. <laughs> uh, no. Um, no, because because it's all down it's down to to your, yourself and how and and uh, mo most penalty takers should be able to strike a penalty that gives the goalkeeper no chance and um, uh, and that's how I always viewed it and it, it, there was there was one absolutely fantastic save um, I remember and that was. Uh, uh, and I think I was playing for Luton against Carlisle United. And Alan Ross, do you remember him, the goalkeeper? I, I do. The Carlisle keeper, yeah. I know yeah. the name. Well. I hit it. I, I struck it very firmly. And John, he got his hand behind the ball about four inches from the post. You know, That's incredible. Yeah, it really was. Incredible. 
Yeah. Unbelievable save. And uh, what I found surprising, Malcolm, you know, when you talk about goal scorers like yourself, goal scorers like Shearer, etc., etc., was the one of the greatest players the world's ever seen, <clears throat> Lionel Messi. He's mm -hmm. missed a load of penalties, you know. He missed one yes, the other day, you know. And he's missed a lot of penalties for one of the greatest. And he is undisputed one of the greatest players the yeah. world has ever seen. And yes. yeah, you look at his penalty record. It's not good. He's no. missed about 40% of them. Mm. Yeah, I, I was surprised when, when he was the nominated penalty taker and strode up. In the, the, Pol the Polish keeper, as we know, because he's played in this country, is good on penalties. Yes, he in the is. the way that Tim Krul was, etc., etc., yeah. is good on penalties. Yeah, he yes, because yeah, he played for Arsenal, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, mm. he did. And he's, he, yeah, he, saves penalties. he saves penalties, yeah. Luke Bailey says, uh, have John O'Malcolm spotted anyone playing in the World Cup so far that they would like Newcastle to sign? Oh, well, I know I wouldn't like with a sign Cristiano Ronaldo, and I've seen him play in the World Cup, but um, <laughs> there, there you go. Malcolm, anybody spring out at the moment? I mean, we've done a couple of talk-ins together. We've, we've watched quite a lot of the games. I mean, you know, I mean, Trossard is a, is a potential target. Didn't really, didn't really feature a great deal. Didn't, didn't impress me massively. Um, I always, I've got to be honest. The centre half who played for Saudi in that in that game where they, they yeah, shocked the world, he, he had a great game. Yes, he um, did. He had a great yeah, game. A seriously good game. Messi's uh, looked good as usual. You know, mm. I mean, could sign Mbappe. I would take him as long as he was only on twenty quid a week. And Mbappe he, is just electric, isn't he? He's electric. Oh, I mean, he's yeah. he is. You know, when we, when you see the passing of the baton. From one superstar to the rest, and you accept that Messi and Ronaldo are now passing on the baton, even though Ronaldo won't let go of the baton because he thinks it's his. He thinks he'll have the baton when he's 73. But uh, they're passing on the baton. Mbappe's the fella, isn't he? That's gonna that's Mbappe, gonna yeah. pick it up and be the world's number one. Gak pose the one on top of the top of the goal scoring charts. Yes. Right, Lewandowski is good enough, but he's worked under the radar in the same age group and the uh, the French guy that plays in Spain um, uh, is again in the same age group. So you're looking for a young lad that's going to step up mm -hmm. and he looks to me as if he's going to be the next big, mm -hmm. big, big superstar. Because they're always forwards on the because they're the blue-eyed boys they're the the front guys you know you very rarely i mean i mentioned on the thing the other day on something i was talking to the surprise people there's only one goalkeeper ever won ballon d'or which shows that it's all about forwards and um we know the Ooh, forwards were mentioned that's a good quiz question john yeah, yeah, and the right. reason I'll tell you how is I know it, the answer to it in a moment because I, is I saw it was it Levy Ashin? Yes, it was. Well done, my friend. It was, and I watched him in 1966 because Russia played up in the mm. northeast. Their their group was the northeast, and I was privileged to watch him. He was the Johnny Cash of football, right. a man in black. What, he what always, was he? 
Was he nicknamed the Black Panther? Right, he was the man in black. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I preferred he, because he wore all black, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I prefer yeah, to call him Con, uh, yeah, Johnny Cash because the Black Panther's connotations, which I, I'm yeah. not too keen on, like they, like he was a murderer. But uh, Lev Yashin played up here in that tournament, and that's the interesting thing, Malcolm. There's only one goalkeeper, not Banks, not all the other. There's only one goalkeeper ever won the Ballon d'Or, and it was Lev Yashin. It is inevitably because that's the way football is it's inevitably forwards and you know even if you're bobby moore you're going to be one of the greatest or beckham boy you're going to be one of the greatest but whether you win the ballon d'or if yes. somebody scores 50 goals up front in a season and a half you're mm. not and um, and so i think my bobby's going to be the next the next world superstar because there's no question Ronaldo is so far past his sell-by date, it's untrue. Yeah. And Messi, while he's not so far past his sell-by date, is certainly not the little conjurer that he once was. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's going to be passed on, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned Mbappe. It, it, he, he has really looked good, hasn't he? Oh, dear, dear me. He's, he's seriously good, isn't he? He's seriously yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so quick. Oh, my word. And visionary. There's no blinkers on, Malcolm. There's yeah. no blinkers. You can see everything that's happening, everywhere yeah. it is happening. He's seriously good. And by the way, get yourself out of Paris Saint-Germain, son, because yeah. you're too good to be playing in the French League, winning yeah. the French League by 20 points and not winning the Champions League. Get yeah. yourself out of there and get yourself to a big club on the world stage. Yep. Okay. Next uh, question comes from Blue Rhythm Boy. He says, "Did you rate Gary Lineker as a striker, Malcolm? Uh, just asking, as many often forget his football career." Uh, I didn't rate him as a striker, but he was a superb goal scorer. That's that's a brilliant that's a brilliant answer because what I that's an absolute brilliant answer from a bloke that should know because he 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 was a striker and a goal scorer. But it's very true. It's like sort of saying, do you rate Jimmy Greaves? No, he's much better. But do you rate Jimmy Greaves as a footballer? And then you say, wait a minute, are you talking about a footballer that can flick the ball up his trouser leg, do a double somersault and play it out to the wing? Are you talking about somebody who puts a ball in the net, which is what the whole game's about? And mm -hmm. if you're talking about putting the ball in the net, there wasn't a player better than Jimmy Greaves, in my humble opinion. Right. There um, wasn't. There wasn't, John. No. no. Uh, um, I, 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 I've probably mentioned this before, but um, I, I was 14 and my sportsmaster at school, um, he, he said to me, um, he, he said, look, he said, I, you, you could well have a football career in front of you, he said, um, and quite, quite probably playing up front. He said, so I want you to go and do one thing. He said, on, uh, on Tuesday night of next week, Tottenham are playing at home. I want you to go, watch that, and don't watch the game. Just watch Jimmy Greaves for the whole of the 90 minutes. And it was a revelation, total revelation watching him. 
um, he was he would go at top speed when everybody was caught on their heels. They they had sort of stopped, and he would be flashing when everybody else was flashing about. <coughs> he'd be stood still, and it was it, it was an uncanny knack um, that he had, uh, uh, and and so as people were all just sort of back on their heels somewhat, he would be going like a rocket. And and in this game, uh, Jimmy Greaves, uh, he only touched the ball about four times, scored two goals. They won 2-0. Well, the interesting thing, Malcolm, is that I, I had a word with the greatest manager you ever played for, Gordon Lee, uh, when he was up at, when he was up at Newcastle United, and I was in I was in his uh, office after a game, and he knew that I was a supporter of yours. So he sort of said to me, "Malcolm's defensive work isn't good enough." And I said, <laughs> "I said, women, women, he's centre forward. I mean, he, he, you're not. If his defensive work is brilliant, but he doesn't score any goals, does that make him the best player the world's ever seen? Because he's defensively superb. I said he hasn't got to come back in defend yeah. on corner all the time. He's on the halfway line as the release ball, etc. etc. So in this fervent attitude. And all of a sudden, this strikes me. So I come out of the blue and I said to him, Well, Gordon, if we think like you, we won't we wouldn't play Jimmy Greaves. Because defensively, he said, I wouldn't have Jimmy Greaves on my side. I got up, went to the door and said, it's been very nice to talk here. I'm now going home because I'll get some sense off the missus. And, and just left. Because if you're going to say that you wouldn't, in our era, that you wouldn't play Jimmy Greaves, who would score. I mean, if you look at his figures, his stats in the record books. Oh. Phenomenal. I, 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 Phenomenal. I, I, there, there are stats that John Motson did, John, um, <clears throat> and and he said, and this was I, I had um, finished playing by then, and and I I, I did a, a radio program with him, and uh, and he he said to me, he said, you know, I'm a, a real statistician about the game. He said, with with regards to scoring goals. He said, the, the best stats are Jimmy Greaves. He said he scored a goal every 1.4 games. He said, any idea who comes second? I said, oh, no, I named a, um, two or three goal scorers. And he said, no, he said, it's you. He said, your record is one every 1.7. And I think Alan Shearer finished up with one every 1.8. Ian Rush was one every 1.9. But Jimmy Greaves... Oh, he unbelievable was return. Way out front. Way out oh. front. And oh. there is nobody who could be scoring at that kind of rate uh, right now. Albeit Ronaldo has done over the years. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's why I loved our period under Kevin Keegan. Because mm -hmm. instead of saying, let's keep the ball out of our net, which is obvious, he said, let's put the ball in their net. Yes, we'll, we'll yes. And, 
and, and, they, games, and, by the way. and when you've got the ball in in their penalty area, they're not oh. going to score a goal. Also, also, Malcolm, we are in the game of entertainment. Whatever yeah. football is, however competitive it is, <laughs> at the end of the day, we go, we being the fans, all over mm. the world, go to be entertained. How are we entertained? Because your team scores at least one more goal than the other team. And, and therefore, let us appreciate the offensive side of the game instead of always talking about the defensive side. Of course, let's not be easy to pick off. One of the things Eddie Howe's done brilliant at Newcastle is he's got the meanest defence in the Premier League. But yes. I tell you what, that doesn't tell the story because it isn't at the expense of attack. We are not playing defensive football where we're keeping it out and hoping we score one. We are getting quickly on the front foot because we're press high, because we're fitter than we ever were before, etc., etc. So while the defence is being sorted out, we are still more of an offensive side than we have ever been in a decade and a half, Malcolm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, I, and I think one of the keys to... Um, to, to the success that he's bringing to the club on what you've just mentioned, John, is the fact that he plays um, a centre-half in the three position, the left-back position, because that allows Trippier um, just to keep flooding forward. And, and Trippier, his, crossings are great. His, his crossing is great, the free kicks he takes are great, but he's got that... He's, he's actually got those three centre halves just covering the whole width of the pitch um, when Newcastle are on the attack. And Trippier is taking part up way up there. And uh, also, also, Malcolm, when, when you look yeah. at his two centre halves, when you look at his two centre halves, I'm thinking of Sean Botman, the two mm -hmm. orthodox centre halves, they can both step out and pass a ball. Oh, absolutely. Lascelles, that wasn't Lascelles' strength. <laughs> Lascelles can't step out and pass the ball with accuracy. Both Shaw and Botman can step out from the back and pass the ball with accuracy. They're yeah. comfortable on the ball. Yeah, absolutely comfortable. Um, and, and they don't get nervy in any way. Uh, and <clears throat> Excuse me. And they're quite happy to push forward and get involved with the midfield sure. players. Totally. Whereas, quick one, quick one it, there. Go on. Sorry, Steve. I was no, just going to no. say. Whereas, go on, whereas Lascelles, he would go backwards, and he wanted people behind him to cover. And so, uh, where Newcastle now push right up with Lascelles, he wanted to drop off all the time, and he wanted people behind him as well. Um, and so. And so you'd see the Newcastle side with Lascelles playing when Bruce was the manager, and it would be spread over 60 yards of the pitch. Now, uh, um, in the way that the current Newcastle side are playing, it, they're concertinaed. And so they're all, all in contact with each other. You know, the centre-half is, is, is not that far from the centre-forward. Um, and, and the same across the pitch. And it... Uh, and and so that they are a, a such a cohesive unit in the way that he's got them playing um that uh, uh, yeah the center halves must be absolutely loving it 
yeah most definitely quick one from Joel kid big shout out to Joel um and his podcast i kid you not uh, he says do you think mo salah should have won the ballon d'or by now he, he struggles to win he struggles to win that it's the only thing he can't win yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that's true that's true enough and you, you do think just off the top of my head my first reaction when he's at that season where he scored 856 goals or something for Liverpool when they were winning everything. If you don't win it then, when the heck are you going to win it? Yeah. But Lewandowski would feel like that where he was playing. He'd be sitting and saying, why am I not winning the Ballon d'Or? Um, so, yes, he's just got to keep winning it because I don't think... When I, I definitely know Ronaldo's not going to win it again. I don't think Messi's going to win it again. So, is Mbappé going to win it every year? No, he can't <laughs> win it every year. Mo- Modric is going. Modric's going out. If they, he won the Ballon d'Or one year, he is not going. He's what 35, 36, 37 now. He's not. So yeah. now's the time to put the challenge into Mbappé. He's going to win it the most times. But you know, somebody like Mo Salah has got to look at it. But what about um, the guy at Man City, Haaland? He he could in the next couple of seasons he could well be in there seriously having a dip at winning this. Don't you think, Malcolm? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, The the fellow's quite sensational, and uh, and and the way that. Guardiola has, has got Man City playing. Oh, it's just so perfect. Yeah. For, um, he's a beast. He's a beast that oh, could yeah. score. Yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. could yeah. easily he's, win he's the Ballon d'Or. He will. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure come the end of this season that he will be challenging Mbappe. Okay, I mean, next when, when you think about it, guys, when you think about it, this six weeks while the World Cup's on should terrify the Premier League. Because he's not out there running his blood to water and risking yeah. injury. He is like laid up in cotton wool, absolutely waiting to be unleashed again. Um, because his country didn't make the World Cup final. So mm. he's going to be a serious contender, not just this season, but in the next 10 years. How much of it's at Manchester City? And how much of it becomes Real Madrid or Barcelona? Where the heck Barcelona get the money from? Or where they're allowed to buy all the players to buy when they're so skinny? Is a totally different proposition. But whether he goes to a club like that or does it all at Man City, he is going to be a serious contender. Yeah, most certainly will be. Uh, next question from Paul Patterson. What do you guys think is more achievable this season? League Cup win or Champions League qualification? I'm prepared to wait for a trophies. I think they're coming. I think both this season, Paul, is achievable. If we can yeah. make another couple of sensible appointments in this next transfer window and we can have a little bit of luck with injuries, I don't see why we can't get both. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with you, Steve. And I've said that for a while with my famous phrase, another T-shirt, Shy Ben's getting out. Um, because yeah. why have I got to choose between... I've waited so long. Why have I got to choose between one or the other? I want both. And why I want both is because, and I've said this before on this show, this is the best season to go out and get it, you know, guys. Yes. Because we're not playing in Europe this season. So I haven't got this huge fixture list of playing uh, Premier League, 
Europe Premier League, Europe Domestic Cup, Premier League, Europe. We're not doing that. We're only playing in the two domestic cups in the Premier League. So with that relatively light workload compared with what it's going to be next season when we're in Europe, we can win. We've only got to beat Bournemouth to be in the last eight for the League Cup, for goodness sake. Yeah. Last eight, the quarterfinals. You're in sniffing distance of Wembley then. Mm-hmm. So that's how close we are to one trophy. So you can't tell me we can't win the League Cup and finish in the top four in the same season. Absolutely, John. Absolutely. And uh, uh, and the position that we're in, f- filling everybody with confidence. Um, yeah. yeah. Why, why can't we? You know, when you th- that the defence is looking so strong, and the confidence that uh, uh, um, the clean sheets gives the whole side, you know, the, 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 that's, every everybody's happy to just flood forward and cause the opposition problems because they're they're so content with what's happening behind them, the security that though that uh, that back line offers. And in the situation, Malcolm is as well, that if you look at the League Cup, and I'm only looking at that because it's the first thing that's up to be won. Before Europe's won, before the FA Cup's won, you win the League Cup if you're going to win it because it's the first on the line. Now, if you look at the draw for where we are in now, all the clubs that are out, like Arsenal and whoever and whoever and whoever, where the situation where the only three clubs that are sort of around where we are now are Manchester City, Liverpool and Manchester United. And Manchester City and Liverpool are playing each other. So if we beat Bournemouth, one of them goes out and there's only the winner of that and Manchester United that are in our Mm. situation at the top left and by the way, both of them have failed to beat Newcastle this season. We drew away to Manchester United and home to City. So yes. there's a real opportunity there. There is a genuine opportunity. And I'm not disputing it where the League Cup stands in the pecking order of the great world out there. But I tell you where, where it stands in my pecking order. It's won out since 1969. It stands pretty high together with the Egg Cup, the Northumberland Senior Cup and everything else. Because I want to win something, for goodness sake. So let's win that and get in Europe. There is absolutely no reason for thinking if we win the League Cup, it's going to spoil our chances of winning in the top four. Yeah, and also, John, that uh, the, the better you're doing in the league, the more on form you are, for when the cup matches come round, it rubs off, Malcolm. Success yeah, breeds of course success. It does. Yeah, so you can keep the two going. The, the only thing that has got to be decided by Eddie in these days, not in your days, Malcolm. In your days, with with um, Joe, when we played in the FA Cup, the League Cup, or the League, we just put our best side out. Mm. We just put our best side out, and that was it. There was no. Do we rest players? Now, the domestic competitions, do we rest players? Who do we rest? Oh, we'll give Callum Wilson a rest because he might get injured. We'll play 
Dolo because he deserves a game instead of Pope. Uh, and then we go and we do all. The only thing that can stop us winning in the Master Cup is, is deciding what you do. Put out your best team and we can win it. If we right. put out, I'm going to ask you, the first game back after this break is born out at home. If we put out our best team, we win. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I, I am... I am absolutely fed up and and sick to my stomach of, of of seeing weakened sides being put out for cup matches, and it's just giving it to the oppos- opposition on a plate for heaven's sake. Why? Why? It is a it's a seriously big competition. It's there to be won. You've only got to win six games, and you've won the cup. Well, I think, Malcolm, without the record being in front of me now, and we denigrate, or the country denigrate, say, they uh, leak up. Manchester City have won something like, I stand corrected, but something like four of the last six league cups. Yes, yes. One of the greatest sides in the country uh, taking it that seriously. That's right, that's right. And and for heaven's sake, what... What I I don't I really don't understand managers when they say when they say I will want to give uh, I want to give uh, other others a run out. <laughs> You're forsaking a competition to give people a run out for heaven's sake. You, you, you arrange friendly games to give people a run out, but when it comes down to competition. You take it 100% seriously, you play your very best side and you get them to play to win. And, uh, and, <clears throat> and, and don't, the, uh, don't Newcastle supporters over the last 15 years feel that they've been cheated out, 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 of, out of cup runs? I'm not saying that, that Newcastle would have gone and won in the finals, but they were cheated out of cup runs. And I, and I, th- I think it is, I, I, I think it's downright unprofessional to do that. You, you've got to go, give it your all, and and seriously go for it. Well, I, w- I would put it this way, Malcolm. If we run out at Wembley in the mm-hmm. League Cup final, will the owners who have just taken over the club? I think this is a nothing competition. Will Eddie Howe, that has never had the chance to win big trophies at Bournemouth, think this is a two-bob competition? Will Bruno and Callum Wilson and the rest of those players, with the sort of support they hear at Wembley on that day, think mm-hmm. it doesn't matter? You bet your buttons it'll matter. And oh, if yes. the punters... Our punters who are young enough, God bless them, keep the faith, who go down there and experience what a day at Wembley is like, supporting your club. You think they'll not like it? I think it's only the League Cup. But you must be joking, Mm -hmm. And by the way, the League Cup need us because we will breathe life, life into the League Cup in the final at Wembley. Because it'll mean so much to us. If the League Cup want to be meaningful, 
they need a club like Newcastle United yeah, and, in and their and just on, as you were speaking there, John, and I, I've just thought that to remember Newcastle playing at Wembley in a final, you've got to be, what, over 26? The last time we played in the final was 1999. Yeah, 1998 and then 99. So, so that's, yes. that's 23 years later where you, you don't know much about anything until you're about three or four at least. You know, so it, so it, it's people who are almost 30 um, that can't, that, that have no, that ha have no knowledge or, or record or, or memories of, of Newcastle actually playing at Wembley. And nine-tenths of people don't remember as winning a domestic trophy at Wembley. 1955, for goodness yes. sake. Yeah, 1955 yeah. was the last time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's absurd for a club of this size, for a club with the fan base this mm. club has got. I can't think of another big club, and we are a big club. I can't think of another big club that has waited as long as this club. Yes, yes, absolutely. Can you name a big club, Malcolm, that's waited since 1955? Well, no. And if you if you go through who, who've won um, uh, the FA Cup uh, in, in in that meantime oh. um, since Newcastle's, you know, that there's the likes of Luton, Wigan. Oh, and if you look at the League Cup, which we've never won, Malcolm. Yeah. I mean, Everybody's won it. Middlesbrough, for God's sake, the Smoggies have won the League yes. Cup, and we yeah. haven't. I have got to give that a smack on the head this season. That definitely sure. needs a smack on the head. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Well, yeah. lads, it's been it's been a great chat. Um, the, Jordy Toomba life sums up my night tonight. He says, "Steve, just watch the match and come back at half time." <laughs> you lads have been in sparkling effect we've gone into extra time uh, but thanks as always if you want to catch uh, John and Malcolm live together before the England game get yourself down to Market Shaker but be quick because the tickets are almost gone again for the Senegal game uh, get yourself down there at about five to six to get your place in the market shaker, in the big market. And Gibbo and Malcolm will be giving you their honest opinion about the game ahead. Enjoy it, lads. And I look forward to seeing Certainly you both next week. Take care. Yeah, enjoy. Take care, guys. Yeah, let's hope we're, that we are still strong in the World Cup. Fingers crossed. I'll be back tomorrow. Half past four, three amigos. See you then. Take care. <laughs>